Before we get into today's episode, I want to do a dramatic reading, so to speak, of the piece that started this whole discussion, this whole shenanigan situation about Return of the Mac. You see, in 2017, I wrote an article titled Return of the Mac is the best song ever that nobody acknowledges is the best song ever. And well, I think the only way to truly get a handle on the conversation that I'm going to have with my coworker today is by reading the very piece that started this whole thing, because I got a lot of points that I got off. I got a lot of interesting things to state, and I want to make sure that all of that goodness gets placed right here in your lap. So I'm going to do a quote-unquote dramatic reading of the piece that I wrote on VerySmartBrothers.com on June 9th, June 9th, 2017. The piece, again, is titled, Return of the Mac is the best song ever that nobody acknowledges is the best song ever. Peep game. There's no need to parse words here. Return of the Mac is easily one of the best songs ever created in the history of the planet. Sure, it's no Moonlight Sonata, but Moonlight Sonata is no ads, feel me? But far and wide, nobody wants to put the proper spec on Return of the Mac. Well, that changes today. Today, church, we're going to talk about the mantle of precipitous grace that Mark Morrison's 1996 only song worthy of note is to me and you, your mama, and your cousin too. Now, I can hear you looking at me right now. Panama's tripping. Panama's smoking some of that Bow Wow challenge. Somebody take P's keyboard away from him before he keeps espousing that vapid nonsense. Well, no. Fuck y'all. I'm out here just trying to be a light, a beacon to the people and make sure that the vaingloriousness that I've had the pleasure of realizing gets the opportunity to be recognized by the masses. But before we get going, though, let's talk about what qualifies a song for quote unquote best ever status. <clears throat> best ever equals shit's good, B. Now that we have that extremely scientific, irrefutable definition out of the way, Let's talk about why I feel that Mark Morrison's song deserves such an accolade and why you people, the universal you, don't give it its proper due. For starters, Return of the Mac is known by damn near everybody. There are grandmothers in Guam and Thailand that know this song, which means that grandmothers in Boise, Idaho know it. That current Burger King commercial, you know, the one with the Return of the Mac and Cheetos, further proves just how awesome and known this song is. I bet that when Mark Morrison and Phil Chill sat down and Jack Chucky Booker in the Tom Tom Club, they said, we have a dream that one day little black boys and girls will be holding hands with little white boys and girls and seeing Return of the Mac and Cheetos. I believe they were that forward thinking. Honestly. Not only is it known by everybody, clearly an important aspect for being one of the best songs ever. By the way, the law of hot shit states that if everybody knows it, it's good, even if the definition of good just means like palatable to all the ears, even though haters gonna hate. So long as it's not just a gimmick like the Macarena or Mambo Number no. 5. You see, Return of the Mac is one of the most sing-alongable songs ever. Bar none. I'm not even remotely joking here either. I mean that shit with my whole heart. Go out somewhere and let the song come on. Who ain't singing, you lied to me. Who ain't doing that? Who ain't done that at least once? Have you ever really watched the sunset before? That's a Jason's lyric reference, by the way. Maybe, maybe not. But you for damn sure saying about somebody lying to you, even if nobody really lies to you within this context. Which brings up the point that despite the fact that I haven't really seen it on karaoke menus, it should be the most karaokeable song of all time because of its sing-along ability. Which is definitely a thing 
no matter if there are red squiggly lines beneath the word sing-along ability. English ain't got nothing on me. Now let's talk about the music. Look, it's impossible to not like the Tom Tom Club's Genius of Love song. If you don't, or if you say you don't like it, you're a lie and a cheat, Joe Jackson, and I don't want you. You loved it when Mariah Carey made Fantasy, and Chucky Booker's Games is 47 Types of Awesome. You put them together, and you got a gangbusters-ass song being sung by a person who isn't so much singing as he is yelling in an odd pitch, but doing so in the funnest manner possible. In fact, Return of the Mac reminds me of the movie Two Guns. You can't convince me that Mark Wahlberg and Denzel didn't realize this movie was going to be ass as soon as they started shooting and decided to just have as much fun with it as possible since, well, they got to look at Paula Patton for a few weeks. That's how I view Return of the Mac. It's so fun because there's no way to take itself seriously. You lied to me all those times you said you would not leave. Well, obviously, if it was said multiple times. See what I mean? It's like, duh. But duh, so good. But that is also what makes it so karaokeable. Because the truth is, it doesn't matter what he's saying, because the way he's saying it is breathtaking. And we all know good and damn well that he don't talk like that. But he did it for the culture and found the lane that makes it fun for the whole family. And I appreciate that. He gave you nightclub and family reunion. And not in the way that we've turned before I let go into a club banger because all black people know it either. Shouts out to Frankie Beverly and Mays. Which leads me to wonder why you people don't all state emphatically that you love Return of the Mac. I've heard lots of people say they don't like it, which I find remarkable because how can you not like something so good that requires almost no thought? It's cotton candy. Shit, it's a parfait. You ever meet somebody and say, hell no, I don't like no parfaits? No, you haven't. And that is a Shrek reference, ladies and gentlemen. But here you go telling me no again every time I say, hey, Return of the Mac, super awesome, right? It hurts 30% of the time every time, which leads me to only one conclusion. Nay, two conclusions. Number one, Haters gonna hate. This is the only way that you can genuinely not like this song. It makes you dance even if you don't realize it. Blame it on a boogie if you want, but you gonna dance. And if you hate dancing, then I can only conclude one other thing. You also hate love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. That's the only thing that there's just too little of. Mark Morrison knew that, so he created love in 4 minutes and 34 seconds, which according to science is about the average time it takes to love all up in somebody. (laughs) Yeah, it was a bad joke. Oops, he did it again. So there it is, folks. Mark Morrison gave you Return of the Mac to make the world a better place. It's high time we all acknowledge that fact and placed it in its rightful spot as the best song ever. Thanks, Obama. The very (laughs) smart brothers. Panama? Hi, it's Oprah Winfrey. Following to tell you, I don't know you, but I love you. This podcast is a star. Hit me. It's me. Welcome to Past the Peas. I am your host, Panama Jackson. 
And today I am joined by a colleague of mine from The Root, a culture writer, an entertainment writer, a loud and wrong enthusiast. Wow. Uh, yes. A person who basically threw down a digital gauntlet against myself and one of the homies, uh, my co-founder of Very Smart Brothers, the other day for, for something I know and love and love to talk and argue about, uh, which we're going to get into. But before we do that, let me welcome my guest, Chanel Janae. How are you? I really feel like digital gauntlet is really heavy like that's thick but i'm great thanks for asking <laughs> it's not heavy i mean you wrote an article that literally the title is i don't know which very smart brother needs to hear this but maxwell's ascension is actually the best song ever okay but like, did i lie you did well you were you were just i don't know if you lied because lying is it implies intent i think you're just wrong and so perhaps you're even mistaken you know, mm. maybe it's all these other things that you just didn't realize that you were you were you were off the beaten path. But let me set the scene here. <laughs> let me set the scene right quick. In um in what year was this? 2017. In June of 2017, I wrote an article titled Return of the Mac is the best song ever that nobody acknowledges is the best song ever. I believe this to be true. I have done entire stand-up routines around this. Uh, in 2018, I think, maybe it's 2017, I don't know, uh, Damon and I went to Essence Festival, and we did a, a showcase, a VSB showcase at the Ace Hotel, and I dedicated part of my time to literally talking about this, right? So I believe this with my whole heart, that Return of the Mac is like one of, is the best song ever. Debatable, but it's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Every the song was released March 18th, 1996. So it turned 25 years old this year, which is insane that this song is actually 25 years old. Because I remember when this song came out, I had the CD single that I remember buying from like Sam Goody or something when I was in high school. Anyway, so I share it every year just to remind everybody that one, it's Return of the Mac Day and that this song is awesome and it does the same thing it gets thousands it gets shared all over the place everybody because people really feel a way about this song good or bad well for some odd reason my partner in crime damon decided to write an article titled i'm not really into hyperbole or whatever but ushers you don't have to call is the best song ever made which was a direct response to this four-year-old article that i wrote <laughs> in 2021 um now i love ushers you don't have to call one of my favorite songs. I would argue that it's probably Usher's best song. Also debatable. But that, but he's loud and wrong too. This nigga is off too. And then you. <laughs> you come through. Like you like the meme. It says nobody. <laughs> nobody else. Chanel. I don't know which very smart brother needs to hear this. But Maxwell's Ascension is actually the best song ever. I mean. <sighs> what the hell? What were you? So. I wanted to bring you on to talk about this because I wanted you I wanted you to make your case, the, a case that I think I can beat down with wow. Return of the Mac. And I want to, you know, again, it's the opportunity to talk about Return of the Mac, which I believe doesn't get enough flowers in general. So, you know, before we jump into this, I want to briefly like, what is your writer journey? Like what, what's, what, what got you started in writing? Like we're colleagues at the root, but I don't feel like I know enough about you as a writer in general. You know, especially to allow you to come through with this Travisham <laughs> mockery that you decided to unload on the internet. 
So you are so bold, but I am. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, share with us a little bit about your own writer journey, if you would. Uh, well, my writer journey got off to a very unorthodox uh, start, if you want to call it that. Okay. Um, I was one of those kids that was always like writing stories and writing characters. So I always had a notebook, but somewhere between middle school and high school, I decided writing was not what I wanted to do. And then fast forward to my, really want to say it was my junior year in college. I wrote an essay and my teacher or professor rather, she was like, you should think about getting this published. And I was like, nah, probably not. But then she kept hammering and then I did. And then that kind of kicked off like the cultural commentary side of my writing. But then I came across this actor named John Ellie on Instagram. He seemed pretty cool. We followed each other, organically connected. And I was like, hey, you seem kind of dope. Would you be down for an interview? Don't know where it's going to get published, but at least, you know. And luckily he said yes. And so that kind of kicked off this two almost, well, yeah, three, almost four years celebrity interviewing thing that I did for a previous outlet before I came over at The Root that allowed me to talk to people like Lorenz Tate, Elle Varner, um, some former pro athletes. My mind is drawing a blank. Luke James, who I absolutely love, who is also a phenomenal singer. He is, indeed. Um, but yeah, and then I felt like that was a little bit limiting. It started to get a, a little bit limiting, so I wanted to go back into some entertainment and a little bit of comedy and satirical writing, and so then the road popped up. Okay. So you had a you have a path like a lot of us in this not this non traditional path, right? Like Damon and I. Well, Damon was an English major in college. I was econ. Like I just started writing on a lark, and then it ended up turning into a career. Luckily, <laughs> unfortunately, um, sounds like you had somewhat of a similar path. Like you this wasn't what you were trying to do, and somehow it found you. Like your calling for now, anyway, found you. Is that safe to say? For sure, for sure. I it wasn't. I can't say that I was like intentionally running away from writing, but like you said, it just wasn't anything at the top of my mind. I thought I was going to be like a neuroscientist at one point. And then because I am completely camera shy, unless I'm controlling the camera, I wanted to be in public relations because that was a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And then it seemed like my voice, my written voice rather, took the stage for me. And here we are arguing with one of the very smart brothers on his podcast. I mean, an argument implies that there are two valid sides. This is really just wow. a discussion where I just really wanted to hear you espouse this nonsense like out loud. So that's very cool. I'm very. I, I think people's writing journeys are very interesting. I like finding out how people got to where they are. So I'm. I'm. It's very interesting to find out your particular journey, which led you to writing this nonsense. Okay, so. <laughs> What what in the hell <laughs> were you thinking? Okay. Again, the title is I Don't Know Which Very Smart Brother Needs to Hear This, but Maxwell's Ascension is actually the best song ever. And I actually wanna I wanna I wanna hear your case for why you think Maxwell's Ascension is the greatest song ever. And let me be very clear. I love Maxwell's song Ascension. It is I don't think you do, honestly. I, I do. It is a song that I have personally used on my own mental health journey. Like whenever I am pissed. I can play Ascension and it will the, the song will bring me down to a, a happier place. Like it literally has been a part of my repertoire since this album released 25 years ago. 
So it is a bit. It is a song that is a part of my life. Maybe not. Maybe not immediately because when this came out in '96, I guess I was what seventeen. I don't know that I was mature enough for Maxwell at that point. But when I got to college, I definitely remember listening to the album. And this song in particular became something that I would listen to for that purpose. But so it's been around for, for my life. It's been in my life forever. So I do love this song. Greatest song ever. I, I just didn't see this coming. So break it down for me if you can. Um, please, please. And why you I'm, felt the need to come for me and mine. It's not. Is it really like a coming for I just... You know, like I said in my piece, when I saw you and Damon pit these two bad bitches of songs against each other, I was just taken aback because like you, I really love Return of the Mac. I really love You Don't Have to Call. I mean, so much to the point where I will like hop out of the car and like break dance or if I hear it on the chip aisle at Target, it's going down. Like that's that's how much my love is. However, there was just a certain level of like disrespect if you want to call it that or just just like a little like oops I forgot about this song and I was like wait 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 like I know they're smart like they they might even be bright but (laughs) I think that they need a little reminder you know a little refresher about this particular song and why it reigns supreme so that was really like the premise for everything and like I said in my conclusion in a world full of Kelly and Michelle's, there has to be a Beyonce. And unfortunately for you both, Ascension is Beyonce. Yeah, that's cute. Um, I really, I like the, I like the analogy. It's, it sucks, but I do enjoy the analogy. So. Wow. Yeah. I mean, listen, we're, it's no holds barred over here. We might as well just, you know, you, you mentioned you, you, my name is my name. (laughs) You put my name in your title. I, it's been a long time since I've come for somebody and actually put their name in the title of a piece. And, you know, but you did it. So I was like, wow. To be and fair, I, I said, I don't know which one. Right. Which I'm assuming meant both of us, since you put a, a third option out there as the best song ever and Accurate. said we were both loud and wrong. And so I want to point out something very specific that you wrote, which is why I think makes your entire argument null and void. I'm going to read. I'm going to read this sentence that you wrote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's multiple sentences, but I'm going to read them. The reason why Ascension is that girl is because there is literally no other song in the world that instantly evokes memories of joy, simplicity, and happier times. It's the only song guaranteed to get all black folks dancing on the floor at the function and the kickback. So that, you know, that's wrong. You know, that shit is wrong immediately. In I comparison, name- in the context of the two songs, it's correct. Okay, even that's wrong. You don't have wow. to call is going to get more people on the floor than, than Ascension is. Return of the Mac is going to get more people yelling at the top of their lungs, you lied to me. Like, Return of the Mac comes on, somebody's going to be like, oh, shit. I know they didn't just play Return of the Mac. The chance of playing Ascension at any of these functions is much lower. You oh. don't have to call is going to get people. But, but, but. You didn't say in perspective of these two songs. You just said it's the only song in the world. You said the world. Let me. Uh, you spelled W O R L D. Now. Well, then I'll stand by what I said. Yeah. Okay. I good. G- I'm so glad you said that. So, Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. Uh, all of Cool in the Gang. Before I let go. Cameos, Candy. 
are literally songs that have more. We do entire, we do the electric slide to candy. Like there ain't a whole ass song called the electric slide. What's your response to that? I would say that those are all valid, but because I wrote this piece 100% in the spirit of Lanethia Leaks, I said what I said. Like, I can't, there's no, and I firmly believe it's it's not just a thing of me, like, writing this piece, spilling this quote-unquote garbage, as you want to call it, these <laughs> lies, as, you, as you've, you know, described them. All of it's it. a matter of belief, of true belief, which is why I was offended yesterday when you called me an unbeliever. I believe this wholeheartedly. Now, See, and, yeah, okay, go ahead. I also have to counter your point of everybody like simultaneously yelling in unison, you lied to me. That can also be said for the beginning woo at Ascension. If you, if the DJ plays that song and he was like, all right, y'all know what time it is. And he cuts the music. Every black person in the place knows exactly what comes next. It's an entire woo that lasts for about 13 seconds. The same can be true. So, I'm going to have to push back on that. And I'm going to tell you why. Listen, you, you, you put Maxwell into contention here. And I think that's very, that was a very bold move on your part, but there's one small problem with putting Maxwell into any of these conversations about like the one that gets everybody moving. Maxwell ain't that artist. Now there is a certain segment of a population that absolutely will hear a Maxwell song Till the cops come knocking i love pretty wings like that is my jam right now in fact when we finish this discussion i will probably go put put pretty wings on just so i can sing pretty wings so just so Don't i can that. get my sing on yeah i'm gonna Don't do it do it's, gonna, it's gonna it's gonna happen it's gonna happen just let it happen now but that is not the majority of people maxwell puts out music damn near as as slowly as d'angelo does Maxwell has how many albums does Maxwell have? We got uh let's see. Maxwell has one, two, three, four, five. He has five albums. Mm-hmm. The last one being 2016. That's close. That's close for an album that for a, for an artist that we revere. And I and again, I, I'm a Maxwell fan, but I don't think everybody's a Maxwell fan. Because they don't have taste. It's called a lack of taste, which is nah, something is I know you, you can attribute to. But it's not I, a taste argument. We're talking it, about a song that will be universally lauded and loved. Like in order for some like Ascension is a very good song, right? It's a great song. I love it. Absolutely. Return of the Mac, great song. Love it. Absolutely. You don't have to call a great song. Like the baseline on all those songs, I agree with you, is that they're just great songs. Right? But we're talking about greatest of all time. Last name ever, first name greatest. For sure. And more people people would know Return of the Mac, or even You Don't Have to Call, than would know Ascension. Oh, wow. Is this not true? Are my ears bleeding? This is not true? You disagree with the statement? Yes. I have not, and granted, granted, I'm nearly 30, but I have not met one person that does not know that song. Not one black person. And the few white people that I know even know that song. So I just can't. This song barely cracked the top 40 on the Billboard Hot 100. That's not my barometer. No, it doesn't have to be a barometer, but we can use it as a small metric, a measure of 
how popular the song was at the time. Like in 2000, at, when the album drops at its height, it does. It's not even that popular, right? You almost never hear this song unless somebody specifically plays it. Return of the Mac, however, you will hear even if you don't want to. That shit is in commercials. It's it's a karaoke top five dead or alive song. I can agree with that. Everybody knows lines from Return of the Mac. If I say you lied to me, you know exactly what song I'm talking about. In fact, if you ever tell somebody you lied to me, you might sing that shit to them <laughs> just because of how much Return of the Mac has seeped into the consciousness. True or false? Possibly. I'll take that as a true. Now, <laughs> what part of Ascension has really seeped into the consciousness and the community aspect the way that Return of the Mac has? I'll tell you again. Please the do. The 42-second mark, the giant woo that again lasts for about roughly 13 seconds. Is that even the Most, best woo of all time? It's not the best woo of all time because... There are there are plenty of other songs, and I was thinking about this earlier, actually, in preparation for this. I was like, there are a lot of other songs that begin with the belt and begin with like one long note that are hits, but then there are others that don't. Return of the Mac is actually one of them. He does that whoa, you know, that whole thing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it all falls in line. How I don't do even it? think this is Maxwell's best best whoa. I think Fortunate is better. You're right. It's a very dramatic woo. Like Fortunate opens up with some with some heat. Yeah, it's, it's it's dramatic. Yeah, it's very dramatic. So this but, ain't even Maxwell's best one, but you think ah, that that puts it in the contention for greatest of all time. The woo at the beginning of Ascension, and then the chorus. Shouldn't I realize? If you say to me, that's the equivalent of saying you lied to me from Return of the Mac. If you say that to a black person, they're gonna come out. They could be all the way in the back of Walmart. If you yell that out, somebody's going to be like, you're the highest of, because they know exactly where you're going. And they're going to finish the rest. And both of y'all will be bopping and two-stepping in Walmart. No, I agree. If the song comes on, there will be a bop. There will be a two-step. There will be. Even if the song doesn't come on, but a black person just randomly yells it out, there will be another black person that will continue the rest. That's the exact same thing of you lied to me. And another black person nodding their head and singing the rest of Return of the Mac. It's the exact same. Okay. If if Return of the Mac comes on in Walmart, Target, CVS, whoever, guaranteed somebody's going to start performing. You're talking about people just singing along. Niggas going to start performing Return of the Mac. I know I do. Whenever the song comes on, like I immediately like drop what I'm doing. I might drop all my groceries and be like, oh shit, it's Return of the Mac. I need a stage. Like everybody, everybody, and some people are going to be mad about it because, oh, God damn this song. People either hate or love this song. There's an actual visceral re- emotional reaction to it. Which is crazy. I mean, I mean well, actually, I think, crazy. well, I actually think that that helps its case because in order for people to genuinely give a shit about something, they need to feel something about it, right? Most people love Ascension, but if you don't hear Ascension, I don't think you. Like, I don't think you are missing something from your day. Wow. Do you listen to Ascension every day? Se- near about, yes. Says the person who just said earlier that this song was a mood lifter. How can no, you it say is, it's but a I'm not, mood I'm not, lifter, but you're not? 
I'm not pissed every five anything. minutes though. Like I'm not mad all the time. So when I am mad though, I think of a song that I know will help me get into a better space, and that would be Maxwell's Ascension. And I would also like to point out though that hardly any black people, probably besides us, for the sake of this argument, actually refer to that song as Ascension. Every person that I know calls it Don't Ever Wonder, which is not really the name. I mean, it's kind of the name, but not really. So I just want to want to throw that out there, too. Yeah, but I mean, most black people I know don't actually know the name of Langston Hughes poem about a dream deferred. We we call that shit a dream deferred. And the title <laughs> is actually Harlem. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm struggling because I for instance, you don't have to call. That was a cultural moment. Like everybody can remember the video. I don't remember the Ascension video. I'm, I know there was one. I don't remember it. Meanwhile, oh I can literally remember the entirety of the video for You Don't Have to Call. Because I want. I know I wanted one of them damn brown leather jackets. I wanted this little Skechers skate shoe so I could skate around my house. You Don't Have to Call is a song about getting over a breakup, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, the, that's the, it's the joy of getting past a breakup. Have you ever heard... Um, Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes, I Don't Love You Anymore? Yes. Okay. That song is so funny to me because it's such a joyous song. <laughs> I don't love you anymore. It's amazing. Like, it is. It is an amazing song, but I always laugh in the hair because I'm like, this is such a happy damn song for somebody <laughs> who's really just, like, heartbroken. I think You Don't Have to Call is probably a more a, a greater song than than the greatest song ever in this debate than, than Ascension, only because I would probably get so you don't have to call before I would ever get to Ascension. I don't think I'd ever get to Ascension, actually. And th- you know what? That's that's fine because that's your truth and you're standing firmly in it. And I can respect anyone that stands firmly in their truth. However, the key word in that phrase is your truth, not the truth. And the truth of the matter is my point stands correct. Ascension is just... It's it's a very good song. It is not Return of the Mac. It is not, is, thank God, but, but it's not. But, you know, and like, so, I mean, the reason why I think Return of the Mac is such a great song, too, is because, like, the whole damn song is literally made to be the greatest song ever. Like, it literally pulls in pieces of great shit. It doesn't have, like, it it pulls in the Tom Tom Club song and the Chucky Booker song and just lays them on top of each other. And both of them are amazing songs. And then it has ridiculous. It's like a ridiculous song. That's really fun to sing to that. Every, if you throw a party, that's the other thing. If you throw a party and you throw a return of the Mac, even if people hate it, everybody's going to sing that song. Ascension is it's a, it's a, it's a vibe song. It's a, it's a nineties 90s kickback where with a bunch of professionals and we're drinking wine and shit song. Professionals, what? Nigga, are you trying to tell me that Maxwell ain't the 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 drink of professionals? Ain't no hood people listening. Ain't no hood folks listening to to Maxwell. I mean, that may not. They may not admit that they listen to Maxwell. They might listen to it. You know, why wouldn't they admit to listen to Maxwell in the back? Because just certain people just have certain feelings, you know, that's Maxwell taps into that other side and people aren't just readily, you know, so, so willing to admit that they have that other side that that, that, needs, that needs to get nurtured, you know, from time to time. Maxwell is, is for that. Maxwell ain't block party music. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not, it, it's, it's music to play at the, the poetry slams. It was music to play. It, it's, 
it's Love Jones music. I mean, D'Angelo is is that too, but it's more Love Jones music. Like you could play at certain scenes, right? Like it's that kind of sound and vibe to it. That ain't for everybody. Love Jones wasn't a movie for everybody. True. You know what I mean? Not in the way that stuff like um the wood or or I don't know. Like, the best man ended up being, I don't know. Maybe the best man is more Love Jones than it isn't. <laughs> I don't know. I just I I feel like Maxwell's audience is not as wide in general. And Return of the Mac was just such a ridiculous song that was very good that managed to hit everybody. Like, like this nigga's gonna be on one hit wonder list for the rest of his life. Yeah. Whereas Maxwell is still here, even though he only has six albums. Well, he's more of an artist. Five albums. Five. Five albums. I mean, he's more of an artist. Like, I expect Maxwell to be around for a long time. Mark Morrison just hit gold. <laughs> like, I literally don't know if he has any other songs. Like, I cannot name another Mark Morrison song. I know I know there are, but I can't name another one. But that doesn't matter because he dropped Return of the Mac. And, and this nigga's in commercials. Everybody knows it. And I'm saying those are, like, the barometers for what makes a song the greatest of all time. Like, when everybody knows it. Everybody can sing along. Everybody has true feelings about it. People actually, like, yell the song. It works in any venue. There's no place that you can't play this song that it won't be welcome, that it will not. And people don't want to hear it all the time. Don't get me wrong. Like, Montel Jordan's, like, this is how we do it. Like, I I almost never want to hear that song again. (laughs) But Return of the Mac is, like, this is how we do it feels more generically geared towards being a hit song. Mm. Return of the Mac seems like an accidental hit song. <laughs> that now I, I can agree with that. The latter part, that little piece that you just said, I can agree with that. And I think that is also a component of some, making something great. Like it's, it wasn't. It was just made, and it ends up being amazing. True. And that's why I struggle with the Ascension as being that. Ascension is a great song, but I don't think it hits all the. Uh, I don't think it hits all the markers that it would take in order to become like the, like a goat song. Well, you know, I just, all I can say in the words of of Aretha is, you know, beautiful gowns, beautiful argument, beautiful beautiful pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just like, we're, we're probably not and probably never going to see eye to eye. Of course not. And that's fine. That's why it's not an argument. Because I'm right and you're wrong, and I just wanted wow. to hear your. I wanted to hear why you were wrong. Is that is that what this whole thing was? Oh, of course. There was never going to be a winner on this one. It's not even a draw. I mean, I'm more or less just hanging in the corner while I'm watching you swing your 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 fist aimlessly, and then I'm laughing. I I too am also laughing. I'm I'm laughing at the at the hostility that I can sense that's like laced behind every word because (laughs) if you didn't think that this was credible you would not have spent this much time thinking about it mulling it over you were not you sensed that the threat aka me aka my dope ass true ass words were credible enough for you to take the time out to figure this all out so i sense that you sense that this was actually a threat so i appreciate the fact that you know you allowed me to come on here and prove to you, however, how correct that was. Like most things, music being subjective as hell, I'm willing to, I'm always willing to hear the case for something, right? Like I'm, I'm the person who wrote that Janet Jackson's albums are better than Michael Jackson's albums. Like I wrote a whole article about that, Oof. right? 
Like, so I I am not against a, a hot take that I feel like I could de- <laughs> that, that I could defend. Like I will, and I still believe that, and I will die on that hill. And I'm gonna I'm probably at some point gonna have to do a discussion about that one too. Like, because I, I really truly mean that with my whole heart. So I appre- I appreciate and respect you meaning, you know, you said what you said. I do have a question for you though. So, what songs did you skip over to get to Ascension? Like, what else would be on your potential list from your end of greatest songs? Of greatest songs, um, I mean, clearly Ascension is a is a top runner. Okay. Right. I would also add Return of the Mac and You Don't Have to Call because, again, like I said, I absolutely love both of those songs. Will Merc Any Fool at a karaoke night, including you. Um, I would probably also add um, Joy and Pain by Frankie Beverly. Amazing record. Um, I'd also have to add, because I just have so many familial ties to this song, Computer Love uh, by Roger Zapp. I love that song. I listened to that song two days ago in my car. I turned my shit all the way up. Mm-hmm. It knocks so hard. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It might be the most perfect cookout jam of all time. I, mm-hmm. I, would, I would argue that. The only other song I'd probably say that now that's maybe not the good the, the best cookout jam is Outstanding by the Gap Band. Like that that just turns me up, that turns my family up, that turns almost every other black person on the earth up. Who doesn't love Charlie? Uncle Charlie. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, I love I love the Gap Band Outstanding. I love them. I love that record. Everybody yeah. does. No, there's there's nobody alive that I think would say, you know what, I don't really fuck with Outstanding. Yeah. If they do, they're they're trash. But yes, Computer Love, I'm I'm with you. I I was still, in my soul, Computer Love might be the best cook I did. But I haven't really spent much time thinking about this since you just just mentioned it. My first (laughs) time talking about Computer Love in forever. So I'm just riffing. Yeah, Computer Love is is also that girl. Um, Let's see, I said Outstanding. I will also put Candy out there because... When when he gets to the part where he starts naming the flavors, I lose it. Like I am not, I'm not okay. I'm not good. I'm on the floor laughing, <laughs> naming off all the other now and later Skittles flavors that he probably forgot in that song and probably didn't have the time to because they were like cut it out. Um, let's see. There's candy, outstanding, joy and pain. I have an entire playlist that's really funny, but I'm drawing a blank right now. That's okay. I ask. I put you on the spot. Those are those are pretty pretty much. Well, this is not a cookout jam at all. But don't look any further. That that's also one of my favorites. It's again the baseline. As soon as you hear it, you know exactly what's about to happen. And he has the whole. You can't really call it a whale. It's more like a sound. Yeah, I wrote a whole article about that song. I I actually wrote an article about Dennis Edwards. Um, Don't look any further. It's amazing. Uh, It is an amazing song. Would Ray J end up on your list anywhere? Ooh, this is 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 this just the same list for like best song of all time? Like best. Yeah, I I mean, I would put one wish on that list of greatest songs of all time, but that's that's just me. I'm a Ray Ray J apologist. Clearly, I have seen. Yeah, I've seen the footage. I've seen the footage. I've read the receipts. So I do know this. Um, would Ray J make my list? I don't know if I would consider this like a best song. I just have memories particularly tied to this 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 particular song. 
So that's why I'm, I have to put it on a list. Maybe not this list, but a list. It's Last Wish by Ray J. Do you have a favorite album or like favorite albums of all time? Mm, D'Angelo's Brown Sugar is definitely one of them. Interesting. Um, Solange is a seat at the table. It stays in rotation daily. Interesting. Okay. Um, it's it's newer, and that's unfortunately where my brain is going. I needed to go backwards. Uh, Ari Lennox's Brown Sugar Babies also stays in rotation. Pre, I, I have a, I have an Ari Lennox take that I'm not going to share here because it's rude, but. <sighs> And the album, I, I think the album you were referring to is Shea Butter Baby. Is that not what I said? What did I say? You said Brown Sugar Baby. Oh, Shea Butter Baby. Excuse Shea me. Shea Butter Baby. Yeah, that that album. I don't know what Brown Sugar Baby is, but Shea Butter Baby definitely stays in rotation in this I, house. We don't turn it down. Yeah, I loved Whipped Cream off that. I I love Whipped Cream yes. off that album. Like that that is my that is the only song in that album that I actually keep in rotation. Top tier. It it. It goes on. It's on several of my playlists, and part of that is because of the cameo sample that Tupac also used. But you know, it's just it just jams. It's a great song. the The entire album is great for me. Um, again, another recent drop is actually Luke James's album "To Feel Love." The whole album is just ethereal. I I don't know how he does it. I don't know what he taps into, where he goes when he does what he does. But that's that's also a slept on but very good album. Yeah, I can see that. I can see. I like Luke James a lot. I love his voice. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm trying to go back to like the early 2000s. I mean, you dropped some pretty good. You dropped some pretty good albums. I mean, I was just, I was just curious, more curious about your like musical tastes in general. Just as somebody who picked Ascension, I was like, I'm. <laughs> the first thought that I had was, wow, what the hell? But then I was like, I'm very curious about what, like your musical taste, like what what you listen to. I'm very if I'm not listening to like newer type stuff and when I say newer stuff I mean like it has to like fall between the lines of like R&B or what they like to call alternative R&B uh Masego Ari her all of those type of people Lucky Day oh oh my god how could I forget Lucky Day's painted that that album was perfect it got four Grammy nominations off rip that's his very first album yeah didn't win unfortunately but that was an amazing album Okay, so I have two final questions for you. Then, all right. Mm-hmm. Jagged Edge or One Twelve? Oh, see, I got ate up in the group chat about this the other day, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it, and I'm gonna stand by it. I have to go with Jagged Edge. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Who are you apologizing to? I'm a Jagged Edge apologist too. All right, great. I'm literally the person who wrote Jagged Edge is better than One Twelve. Here's why. <laughs> I wrote a whole article about that where I broke down their hits, their the composition of the group, their talent levels and all that. And I gave points depending on what side of XYZ they fell on. So, you know, Jagged Edge is, is, was going to win for me anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had to break it down so that it could forever be broke. One day I'm actually going to on this podcast going to do a Jagged Edge roundtable because I need to I need people to explain <laughs> to me why they don't love Jagged Edge when Jagged Edge has been awesome. It's, it's very disrespectful. Twenty three yeah. damn years. In fact, their last album, "A Jagged Love Story," is the album I have listened to the most since it dropped. I think in June of last year. It is the album I have literally listened to more than any other album since then. 
That's crazy. I'm not that dedicated. However, I I firmly I share your beliefs in that jagged edge is better than one twelve. I just can't. There's a overwhelming uncontrollable thing that happens as soon as I hear the beat like the beginning drums to like promise I don't know what it is I just I have to move I have to sway in a particular in a particular way but that's neither here nor there we didn't come here to talk about that got you got you okay and one other question um Frank Ocean Mm -hmm. uh Channel Orange or Blonde honestly I still remember the day Channel Orange came out, so I got to go with Channel Orange. That that one's classic, and even the um, had a whole like it wasn't unreleased because people clearly knew about it, but there was like a whole I think it was like a forty track album that came out like before, like an EP that came out before that that mm-hmm. he took certain songs off of to make Channel Orange. That I still have that on my computer. I think I had an iPod at the time. It's still on my iPod. I am pissed that it didn't make its way into this new update of Apple Music onto my phone. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I had all 40-something songs on there because it was just that good. So definitely Channel Orange. Got you. Um, you're talking about Nostalgia Ultra. No, no, it was before. It was more than that because Nostalgia mm-hmm. Ultra had some of the Channel Orange song, but yeah, there was something before. I know what I know what you're talking about. I was trying to think of the name of it, but yeah, I can't. The name escapes me too. I oh my god. It's okay. You'll remember it after the fact and and I'll I'll um I'll edit it in accidentally. I'm lying. It doesn't make no sense. But um <laughs> okay. Well look. Uh I appreciate you coming to share your your take on Ascension uh versus my take on Return of the Mac. I really wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, as a colleague, as somebody who put my name, put my my site, my brand in a title, uh, so I appreciate you for coming on here. I appreciate you for sharing. I love I love talking music, so it's interesting hearing about people's uh, musical tastes and things like that too. I always enjoy that kind of thing. If you have one, I like to do this at the end of of podcasts. We call it Black Recommendations. So they're recommendations that people should check out by by for and about Black people. Do you have any particular Black recommendation at this time? Um, it's a, I can't really, it's like a non-Black accommodation. Like if you're Black, you should not see, hear, or do this. It's more, more along that lines. Okay. More along those lines. Do not freaking watch Behind Her Eyes on Netflix. I'm still pissed off. If you are a Black person, figure out and learn how to mind your own business. If you are this type of person who likes to mind their own business, do not watch that series. You are the nosy type of black person that likes to get into everybody's business. Then that series might be for you, but you're problematic. And so was the main character who happens to be a black woman in that series. So don't watch it. Duly noted. Okay. I still have not watched that. I've heard everybody I know talk about it, but I figured I'd get around to that eventually. You're going to be pissed. Okay. Well, I, at least I know in advance. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, Please tell people where they can find your work. Whatever you have, whatever you have out there that people need to check out, please, the floor is yours to to make sure people can find you. Um, you can catch all of my uh, lukewarm, mildly hot, and spicy takes over at the root. Um, you can also catch a sliver of them at my Twitter pages and in my Instagram stories, which is at Chanel Janae. Um, other than that, I like to mind my business, so you probably won't see me outside of those things. Yeah, that's clearly not the case when you're wow. taking people's brands to, to task. Anyway, 
I really do appreciate you coming on here. Thank you for, for joining me here at Pass the Peas. Um, thank everybody for listening. Have a black one. I dropped my verse in the salsa. My nigga, what you pouting for? You the one they made the mountains for. Be humble. The people help you up when you stumble or when you fumble. Well, I take a fucking bad vibe and I channel it. In this life, I be adamant. You take a hit and be out of it. It's all love. I ain't judging you. But this is 